Hey y'all, you are listening to Situationships, the podcast where black millennials from across the relationship spectrum, from singledom to divorced, share their personal stories to uncover hard-learned lessons of love. I'm your host, Randy. Hey y'all, this is Randy. So in this week's episode, I had a conversation with a friend of mine named Justin who shared with me um, his experience kind of repeating some of the same mistakes that he thought he learned in past relationships and kind of carrying those on into new relationships. I think a lot of us are familiar with rushing into a relationship, being overcome with the rush of emotion that comes with falling for someone and not necessarily learning our lesson the first time around. So I'm sure you'll be able to be able to relate to Justin's experience. Justin also mentions a few a few tools that he learned through couples counseling that I know I want to use in my love life going forward. So I'll actually link to those references in the show notes so you guys can get all that wisdom wisdom as well. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and rate the pod and leave a review. Don't forget to join the Situationships Podcast Facebook community where ladies are sharing dating and relationship tips and insights that they've learned through trial and error. And lastly, let's connect on social media. You can find me at Situationships Pod on Instagram and Facebook and at Situations Pod on Twitter. All right. I hope you enjoy the episode. Oh, hello. We're, we're starting now. We're starting. We're starting. Le- le- legit. All right. Start all over again. Hey, Jay. Hey, Randy. How are you? Doing all right. How about yourself? I'm good. So, um, from what I've heard. It's not even have... how we start off regular conversations. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's phony as fuck, y'all. It's phony. Like, That's not even we had, how we started We had a whole like, hour, yeah, exactly. 45 minutes of conversation. I walked in the door. You're like, what's good? I'm like, you know. But you know, you got to put on. But, I got to put on my podcast host voice, right? right cool. You know? I put on my podcast guest, guest voice. voice. Um, I'm great. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. I'm wonderful. Thank you for uh, for, for coming, for having me. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's just wonderful that you're doing this. Thank I'm so you. So honored to be Thank here. Thank you. Exactly. All the, that's the that's the thing. You're honored. I'm glad you're honored. Um, so dating. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. You have some experiences. Yes. You have some stories. Yes. Let's. I. I. You know. From. From. From our preamble. Um, I understand that the SAT word. <laughs> they're not, you know, you've had multiple experience that have similar themes. Correct. And so let's let's talk about that. Let's tell tell me about that. Yeah. So I think if we go if we look at the dating history and go like way, way back to the beginning, like the first serious relationship that I had, I thought it was everything a relationship was supposed to be. Uh, like we were madly in love, we had commitment, we did things together, we knew each other's families. How um, old were you at the time? This is 22. So oh. I was going to get to that. Yeah, this is 22. This is 22. Um, we thought we had the same ideologies. Um, we knew each other out of the context of a romantic setting. So we went to college together. So we had a chance to see us do our own thing. And that, you know, admiration or attraction kind of grew. And then when we when we became romantic, it was very a lot of endorphins were released. I look back at those two years and it felt like it was just like a endorphin overload. Like I just like loved being around her. and I think she loved being around me. But if I exit out of it and look from a, um, a 30,000 view, I realized there was elements in that relationship that I would want now as an older person that wasn't present in the relationship. And so I think that has skewed a little bit of how I move forward because it was such an endorphin release in that relationship. But there was also like maybe some practical things that weren't present in that relationship that mean more to me now. But because I haven't had it, it makes it a little bit tricky to find or like really be about it, if that what makes are, sense. What are some of those practical things? So like being sex positive so um we that young lady and i like agree that we were going to wait until we were married to have sex and really do anything uh of the sexual realm and yeah i'm not about that um 
And looking back on it at 22, 21, 22, I knew I wasn't about that, but I was willing to, you know, quote unquote compromise. Cause once again, mm-hmm. I thought this was the ideal thing. And I realized I was living very much into the, what it's going to be, not what it is right now. Um, so I was like, all right, I can put up, not put up, but I can navigate this right now because it's not going to be that in the future. And if I can just get to the future, it'll be okay. And I don't think that's how relationships, that's a way to have relationships, um, start to have a rocky foundation. And so we had a rocky foundation and it didn't work out. Um, so that's one of them. I think another one was, um, not having such strict, belief sets about stuff like we were both I was 22 she was 23 we thought we knew what the world was and we most definitely didn't but we thought we did um and so I think I need someone that's that's flexible and willing to not maybe change their views but be willing to understand different views Mm. um and I think our understanding of emotional intelligence was very much influenced by like this liberal social justice trying to make the world a better place and we hadn't come in contact with really true adversity or understanding that things aren't as black and white and a little bit grayer mm. so i think that played a, a role into like i think we both were um we both had a savior complex hmm. we both had a savior complex and that was one of the things that attracted to us to each other, I think. But at the same time, that didn't help us be good for each other in those moments where it's like no one needs to be saved. Mm. You know, mm. so does, if that does that make sense? Yeah. So so all those things. And I mean, like I asked her to marry me um, and I'll never forget it. Like we were just we were just chilling um and in bed and like i was just like over like i'll never forget i was just like overcome with like this just this sensation and at first i was like no i can't not not right now i didn't have a ring like we had talked about it like we very much were in love and we're talking about the future blotty blotty but i hadn't like bought a ring i hadn't you know looked at finances stuff like that and it bubbled up and i tried to suppress it and then it bubbled up again and i asked her and she said yeah and I called my best friend and she called her best friend and then she went to call her family. And that's when, and this is where like, I think the start of like romantic anxiety or relational anxiety, like start to maybe manifest itself. I remember getting like really freaked out by the thought of like her calling her family, even though her family loved me, even though her family knew what I was about. I got nervous because I hadn't had a ring and I hadn't figured out, you know, finances, stuff like that. And I was like, no, I want to come correct. I care so much about you. I want to come correct. Or maybe that was a flaw because maybe she just wanted me to be who I was. And like her family probably just wanted me to be who I was. So I told her not to tell her family. And then that caused some tension because she felt like she was keeping like a secret from her family. And I just wanted her to wait like a month or so, you know, which I can understand might feel like a really long time to keep something like that from your family. Had you communicated the month? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I I think I communicated like just a little bit of time. Not like we're going to keep you. this on Got the wraps you. for like a year. Got you. I just wanted to do a little bit more research. Uh, I just want, I mean, like I also felt like, you know, I wanted to have a conversation with her parents about it too. You know, and I hadn't had that conversation. Um, and I don't think that's because I'm like uber traditionalist or anything like that. I just think that's nice. I think it's just nice to. I was really close with her parents. So I just wanted to talk to them first about it a little bit. Um, so we called it off. So we called it off like, I don't know, like a couple of days later. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and then we, but we dated for a whole nother year, but I, I don't think things were the same Yeah. after that. And That's I think a pivotal moment. I really just wanted her to hear my anxiety about coming to her family. I wanted her to hear that. And then I don't think I heard her anxiety of keeping it from her family. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was this like moment where we both dug our heels into the ground. I was like, mm-hmm. no. And then I don't I don't think we ever fully recovered from that. Yeah. So. Yeah. One thing that you said that um, I think about a decent amount and someone else, someone, someone told me 
some like statistics about that they learned recently is about the endorphins thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a great like, book about it. Wired to date, wired for dating. I think you may it's have a great, that to it's me a great before. book. Yeah, because yep. I know they talk about how like there's just so many hormones and chemicals and like dopamine or whatever the fuck yep. makes you feel good that yep. floods your. B- floods. You, you become addicted to a person. Like right. you become literally addicted to a person. And so my my friend, um, she had mentioned to me recently that um, someone had like a, a professor or someone had told her that like when you first meet someone. It's like, oh, I forget which one. It's like cocaine or something like that. And then like like the long right and and like the (laughs) long term like really strong love or emotions is like heroin. Um, but like <laughs> either once, way, once again, it's like know for the record. Yeah. Say it again. Once once again for the record, wouldn't know. You, know? you wouldn't you're <laughs> unfamiliar. Um but I'm just like we regulate that shit like that's that's illegal but like you can (laughs) fall in love with someone and fuck up your whole life um just willy-nilly the book is is great so it it breaks down and i'm a huge fan of like research now and neuroscience and what's happening in the brain and it gave this example of uh you know a, a guy is walking through the park he sees this young lady with a dog he thinks the young lady is is attractive um, and stops to like pet the dog or whatever. They talk a little bit and, you know, he, he shoots a shot and says like, Hey, would you like to get coffee, coffee with me or something like that? And she's like, yeah, I mean, I actually got time this afternoon if you want to get it. So now he's like, Oh man, like I shot my shot, you know, it got received. This person is attractive. They got a dog, you know, all this stuff. So they go have their coffee and they're talking, whatever. Uh, they go back to his house, her house doesn't matter. They have like sex. And he's thinking like, wow, this is like phenomenal. This is good. And the next day he like hits her up and doesn't get a response back. And then like the second day hit it up and don't get a response back. And then like that coming down Mm -hmm. from the quote unquote drug, right? You Mm -hmm. just had this fairy tale, like walking through the park. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be a great story to tell our grandchildren. And you know, it's like, nah, like you, you just got ghosted now. Yeah. And dealing with all those like emotions that then come from that, right? So you have the the positive endorphin release, but now you have like all the the withdrawal, the withdrawal, right? Which can lead to the anger, the bitterness, and and stuff like that too. So that's why relationships ain't nothing to play with, you know. Shit, man. Um. So from what I I heard you say earlier. Like some of the things that you experienced in that relationship were similar or like replayed themselves in later dating situations. Correct. I guess what were some of the bigger things that you saw happen again? Yeah. So I think. Um, so I'm going to throw out a, a, a term. So. Let's fast forward to like age 25, 26. I start uh, dating a young lady. We met online, OkCupid. I go back and forth on OkCupid, but um, we met online and we went on a date. And we it was one of those dates where we went out and got dinner and like we talked for a really long time. But when I left the date, I wasn't sure if she was like feeling me or not. You know, it was one of those things. And I kind of wanted her to feel me, but I wasn't like really, really sure. So the endorphins weren't there. Mm. Right. But like Mm -hmm. we we had connected and things like that. Long story short, we ended up dating for uh, a while. We lived together for for two years. And oh, this um, isn't that's not 22 year old, 23 year old. No. Oh, so you live with you live with people twice. No, you once. didn't live with the first. I didn't live with the oh, first. Okay, one. so I mis misunderstood that. No, you're good. Okay. You're good. Nah, I didn't. So I only lived with one person once, and like whatever, a whole bunch of stuff kind of like happened, and, and we weren't we weren't driving. So we went to couples counseling, which I strongly. So can I? So pause. Can I? Go ahead. When you so how how quickly did you go from like okay keep a date that you're not sure about to y'all dating like seriously? The Ravens won the Super Bowl, and I think like from that moment on we were like dating. And that date before the Super Bowl might have been like a week or two. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. How how long before you guys moved in together? We moved in together our second year of dating. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And we were to, we move and we were in that space together, living in together for about like a year and a half, close to two years before we broke up. So how long was the relationship in total? Three years. Three years. Okay. Okay. Got you. And when we were doing couples counseling, uh, and once again, I I recommend couples counseling for anyone. That is like hitting any rocky points, no matter regardless where you're at, engaged, not engaged, married, whatever. There's there's just something very helpful about having like a impartial view on stuff that's going on. And the thing that's out there is there there are worksheets and activities and like guidelines to help. We were talking about that foundation earlier, like that foundation be strong. So mm-hmm. there is um there is the Gottman Institute. Oh yes, I love them. The Gottman him, Institute. Yeah. yeah, well it's him and his wife. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And they have this house. I was gonna bring it up on my phone, but I forgot it. They have this house. It's a diagram. And then the house is different levels. And at the top of the house is kind of like once you get to the top of the uh, house, like you're you're good. Obviously, you need to keep working on these things, but like mm. you're good. I think like the bottom of the house is shared interest. Like you have to figure out your shared interest. So I dated this young lady for three years and it came on a couple counseling that her favorite movie was The Lion King. And I always talked about The Lion King. We literally had a VHS tape of The Lion King like on top of our TV in our living room. Never knew. Oh, wow. One of our favorite movies was The Lion King. Wow. And I remember being a couple counselors like, how the hell how did we, we get, get here in three years? Yeah. And I didn't even know that. You know, yeah. we could have we made it a routine to watch this every yeah. Saturday or something yeah. like that. You know, I would have been down for that. So stuff like that. So shared interest. And then I forget what levels come at that. But there is one level that I remember the, the, the therapist, Counsel- yeah. counselor said. And I remember being like, yes, that's what it's all about. And like, this is what I want in my life. And this is what I want to try to do for a romantic partner it's called positive sentiment override positive sentiment override so i'm going to try to sum it up as best as i can it's positive sentiment override is if you're a romantic and it can be used in outside of romantic relationships but if your romantic partner says something or does something that upsets you offends you just brings out any negative emotion in you Positive sentiment override doesn't say, like, ignore it or don't call it out. But positive sentiment override basically says you can approach the situation with, hey, I know you didn't mean to offend me. Or, hey, I know you didn't mean to make me angry. Or, hey, I know you didn't mean to dismiss me. But I just want to let you know that when that happens, that's how I feel. Yeah. And it's all about, like, not letting the feeling stick, but pointing it out. Right. So and it's also sorry. I was gonna say something that I heard recently was like giving people the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. Giving that's exactly. That's exactly. Like what I know it is. you didn't mean to hurt my feelings. I know you didn't mean to do it. Yeah. How I felt. I want to acknowledge that, so we cannot do that again. But we good though. Yeah. But like, we good. Yeah, so yeah. this dinner does not have to be negative for the next thirty minutes because God of something you said in the car. Fuck. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Like you were like, why don't you go this route? Like, nah, I don't want to go this route. I think this route is easier. And for that person, it might have been like, sometimes you don't listen to me when I give mm-hmm. like suggestions, yeah. right? And that, that's a legitimate feeling. Yeah. But if for the rest of the car ride, the rest of the dinner, like you're allowing that to connect to all the other moments, mm-hmm. then like one, as soon as you start to have that negative feeling, like it needed to be pointed out to your romantic partner. So your romantic partner would know that. If you let it fester, then that's when the foundation starts to crack. And like, I don't know, for me, like I, I mess up. Right? I'm not a human being. I can be blunt. I can be um, insensitive at, at times. And but if you but if you point it out and recognize that that wasn't my intention, I can I can receive that. And be like, all right, I'm sorry. I'll try to change that be- behavior. But if you for me and this is a trigger for me, if I do something wrong, and it creates a negative impact and you you kind of like present it like I was trying to be negative, then I start to get angry. And then like that, I have to like regulate my emotions and regulate your emotions and things like that. And it's just a lot for, for me. And I realized that. So that positive sentiment override was huge. Like I very much try to do that a lot. The world would people. be a lot like a much better place if we all positively sentimentally override like overrid the world. <laughs> and I try to do that now with that said, though. With that said, if done improperly, 
then you then just you get walked over. You can get walked over. Yeah, exactly. That's real. So you have to, and that's Ooh, why I that's love such a fucking balance. Right? I'm working on right now. Yeah, that balance of like I'm gonna tell you, correct, and it's okay. But but I think then the I think the thing is like when I have to continuously tell you, correct, that's you're yeah. not you don't care enough to change your behavior. Exactly. You don't care how it's affecting me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and that's where. That's where the shift is, right? Like if I tell you, like, yo, this it landed this way, but I'm not letting it stick. I'm letting you know that I'm not letting it stick. But if you could do a favor and not throw it at me to right. begin with, then right. we all good, right? 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 Like you and just then you move forward resentful. from there. Yeah, yeah it's easy yeah. to become resentful. So the, that's real as fuck. I had I had relationships that um, had that, you know. So and and I realized that I was not using it correctly because a young lady that I dated for three years. Um, I like to talk and I like to talk about stuff and we would drive in the car and we wouldn't talk. Hmm. And at first I was just like, all right, I mean, like, it's not that she doesn't want to talk to me. Like I was positive sentiment over. And I was just like, she's just focusing on driving. Like, this is a peaceful time for her. This is like music. But I would express like, hey, you know, I would like to talk about some stuff. Can we come up with some topics to maybe talk about? Or if we were talking about something in a stationary setting and I knew a trip was coming up. I was like, Oh, why don't we talk about that during the trip? But there was never that like reciprocity of like, Oh, I know he likes talking in the car. So let me, let me like throw something out there. So I felt like I was always like working. And that's the other thing. If you feel like you're always working in a relationship, then that's fertile ground for like bitterness and resentment and stuff like that too. And then on the flip side, I think I didn't appreciate the fact that she was an introvert. Um, and so I, I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. Um, and I didn't know she was such an introvert, I think when we first started dating and when you live with someone, you see their backstage more, right? You mm. just don't see the front stage. Yeah. So when you're living with someone, you see that like more. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I hadn't prepared myself for, for that. Um, we hadn't prepared each other for our backstages. And then when we were like, oh, man, it's like really messy back here. Um, that's when I think things start to get a little shaky. Yeah. Do you know um, Kadeen and DeVal? No. Tell me about him or her. Or they Them. Um, they're a couple. They're like an millenn- older millennial couple. They're like social media famous. Okay. Um, they were on black love doc i don't know if you saw okay. that they were one of the couples on there anywho they're like they're they're aspiring act- they're actors in like whatever they have like a, a web series mm-hmm. anywho mm-hmm. they're like quote-unquote millennial goals like relationship okay. goals they're um, married dating or they're married undefined? okay they have three children together they met in college so they were like between 17 and 19 and maybe not 17, maybe like 18, 19, I think when they met each other and they're still together today. Um, And it's funny because I think about what I think, what I think would be necessary for me to have the healthy, full relationship that I want. And I think it will require me and my partner to be older and mature and wiser. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you have to know yourself. You got to know all these things for a relationship to work out. But then I look at them and then like, they're fucking teenagers right. yep. and they made it work and they seem to have, again, seem, but seem genuinely to have a great relationship or, and they, they seem to have done a lot of the work to get to where they are today. They built their house together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Cause it just, when you're 20 or whatever, 20, even if you're 25, I'm just like, you just don't know what you want your house to be like yet. I mean, it yep. maybe some people do. I wasn't one of those people who knew what I wanted my house to look like. I know what I wanted the flooring to be with the drapes. And so it was. It would have been impossible for me to, and I also didn't have a lot of the, the tools and skills like of communication and like conflict and boundary setting in mm-hmm. order to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think those are things that I'm learning now, but and not to say that they have them, but I, it just always fascinates me to hear people who are, because I'm always like, there's no way that young couples are going to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it happens. That puppy love. That yeah. full grown love. Ooh, ooh. And they're grown as fuck. Like, I, I would guess they're probably like 35, 36, something like that. Um, I bet if you if you were to put that, the Gottman house in front of them and like go through, and maybe they might know it or something like that, they would probably be able to tell you about experiences that connect 
to the different levels. Because I, I think about that a lot. Like, um, I had someone tell me, like, Justin, you just need an older, an older woman. Um, and then I feel like there's a compliment, but there's also, I don't know, there's there's a side of there that I don't necessarily like either because what I am nervous about is I feel like I'm building or trying to build quote unquote like my own single life house and then Mm. when I come in contact with someone else who potentially is building their single house life especially in this economic and uh, technology laden like atmosphere that we as millennials are in then it's like all right, either we go get a whole nother house or we tear down our houses and use the pro- uh, like materials from both our house to build it together. Or we just kind of like put our houses next to each other and, you know, go occupy them from time to time where I think someone that's young, they like, Oh, here's some land. You want to do something with it? You know, yeah, um, that's real. You know, what? it's funny. So another podcast that um, I listened to recently that kind of changed how I thought about things Um Oh, I think it was called Love Letters, but it was with Anna Sale, who is the host of Death, Sex, and Money. But she mm-hmm. was on, I think, Love Letters. Okay. And she was talking about her current marriage. She was married. She got divorced. Was single. Was like, I'm just gonna be single. I'm not looking. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm do in New you York boo-boo, City. Do you boo boo? Do my own thing? Yeah. Exactly. She was like, I'm in New York City. The guy that I want isn't even gonna be here. I want like a cowboy and blah blah blah. Lo and behold, she goes to this party, sees this cowboy from Wyoming. They fall in love, right? They love each other. They're perfect for each other, but she's anxious the mm. whole time, and is like, yeah, but like you're not good with money, mm. and money is really important, and. Um, or to me, it's really important and all these other things. And you live in Wyoming and I live in New York. And eventually she's like, we should just break up because this isn't, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And they break up for a little bit. He does like this super romantic thing and not even just like grand gesture thing, but also had like a list of pros and cons be like, this is why we should be together. And the pros outweigh the cons. So like objectively we should make this work. And like, cause I love you that we should make this work. And I was like, <laughs> see, I love stuff like that. That might not sound romantic, right? In a pros oh, and no, cons it's list, but I, like, I, I, I dig that. Um, <laughs> So and it was it's just, diagram it's, of this it's shit thoughtful. And yeah, like that's yeah. and I think I mean it depends on who you are, but yeah. yeah. Um anywho, long story short, is she like started to realize that in order to even create try to make something work with this person who she loved and who loved her back and who they had a lot of things that worked together, she had to like move past her anxiety about it, her fear about it. Mm-hmm. And the thing that essentially it made me realize is like, I mean, it's like, this is not, this is not anything novel, but like you have to lower your guards. You have to be willing to get hurt. You have to be willing to go into something new and fresh. Um, I think there's a certain level of vetting that mm-hmm. you like, a lot, like have yeah. people go through to, to determine if you're worth um, you gotta have your non-negotiable, right? Yeah. Putting that guard down for, but like, ultimately, if you want to like, and so kind of back to what you were saying too is like, I forget where I heard this recently, but they were like, you two people, you one person, you have to like build up your own shit and you have your own history, and then the other person has that. But when you come together, you're creating something new, like. Mm-hmm. And it's not more or less or different. I mean, or, or it's not more or less. It's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you build something together. But, like, you have to also be willing to, like, step away from the thing that you have to build yeah. something new with someone else. Correct. Um, Do you think that's easier, harder, or just different for folks our age to do? Which Like, which part? That part. Like, be able to step away from potentially the expectations you have in order to build something new, but at the same time, like respecting who you want to be and respecting your non-negotiable, you think it's harder? I don't think, I think a particularly women have a lot more to lose in this society, in this Mm. economic environment. Um, Mm. Like women in my mother's generation, often got married in order to gain 
some kind of financial stability or or whatever stability that they were looking for. Um, but I think n- we also live in like a, a more hyper capitalist society where everyone is like, I am going to be the next whatever. I'm going to, you know, secure the bag. Yeah. Um, I'm going to money. Exactly. Or whatever else, whatever the goal is that you want to accomplish for your personal yeah, or life. Career or, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you, yeah. um, you have to be able to like, I think you have, you should work on those things and they should take up like a good portion of your life, but you have to be willing to like create space mm-hmm. for some, to build something with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we trust each other enough. I think we live in a very, Un, like everyone's like i'm not getting played well i'm not getting played well i'm not getting ghosted well i'm not getting ghosted yeah. so y'all just both sit and ghost each other <laughs> and don't nobody fall in love yep that's the um, vulnerable piece that we're scared of that's the fear yeah, right? yeah. and that's and it's funny because we were talking about this earlier and that's the part where i'm i'm starting to learn that like the fear the hurt the rejection like is real right it's like it's visceral you can feel it in your body but it also isn't doesn't have to dictate your, it doesn't have to control your mind. Correct. Um, it doesn't have to control what you believe about yourself and about the future. And I think one of the things that is such a hindrance to a lot of elements of life is people get caught up in the idea that, like, people forget that the like life goes on mm-hmm. and that there's future and that the future could even be better than mm-hmm. the present. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Like, you have no idea. And so and people are just like, but he could also play me. Yeah. And I don't, and I'm not for that. Yeah. So I'm going to be over here put and wait for him there. to call me and text yep. me or whatever. Um, but yeah, you have to put yourself out there and you have to willing to be vulnerable. And like, yes, yeah, you're going to get your feelings hurt sometimes and the shit's going to suck sometimes. But is it worth it to get like the love that you say you want or whatever? I don't know. I'm figuring it out. So we we got really sidetracked, which which we often do when when we're talking. <laughs> um, so what were the major lessons that you learned from your your the two two specific relationship uh, situations that you mentioned or that you talked about? Yeah. So the two lessons I learned is that I I need to know my non negotiables. Like I just need to to know what those are. Um, what I'm still trying to figure out is like when at what point in time in the dating process, like logistically, right? At what point in time in the dating process <laughs> are those expressed? Yeah, man. Because I was a huge fan. Like at the advent of online dating, I was like, this is phenomenal. For someone like me that is like type A undercover, I can literally put out there what I'm looking for. You can read it and then decide if you want to be about that or not. I was like, this is the ultimate icebreaker. Like this is phenomenal. This isn't like a... Like, what are you kind of looking for? You can literally put in there, like, what you're looking for, you know? And if you're not looking for it, then don't swipe right on me, and mm-hmm. we won't have to match. Um, and so that was my thought process, right? Like, oh, this is great. But what I'm still learning that, like, even you can you can try to make a profile be as clear as possible. But there's, there's still, like, those nuances that um, you have to be clear about when you're navigating that romantic setting and I haven't I haven't figured out when it's most appropriate to do that because every person is different and I don't want to you know throw a blanket on someone I am intense in nature and that's one of the things I put out there like I'm intense so I'm willing and ready to like dive into those those areas and in my life I think for whatever reason I mean I think you attract what you put out right I attract folks that are are willing to do that as well but then the the deeper you go the further it is to come back to the surface and if you get deep and you look up at the surface you're like oh shit the surface is really far away i'm in this and then the fear and the anxiety comes comes out and that's where that positive sentiment will ride if it's not there then you start to break around your foundation so like i've gotten really really deep with folks and then like i think they get scared or they start to like find problems that might not be there because we're so deep and then like that starts to tear away from it so i i I struggle with that immensely i struggle with like how deep is too deep when you first start off especially when when you talk about deepness what do you mean like talking about like our histories 
whether that's romantically, um, talking about whatever trauma, because we all got trauma, uh, exists, you know, um, for some people just talking about what they want might be like deep, like what, the, what they're looking sure. for to say like, Hey, I am looking for like a long-term relationship. Um, that might be like really, you know, vulnerable for someone to say, or, um, you know, your past hurts. Right. So in talking about your non-negotiables, where do they come from? Well, those non-negotiables probably have come from things that didn't go right in previous relationships. And so you're trying to take the lesson out of it and keep it positive, but there might still be some hurt there that when expressing those non-negotiables that might come up or something like that. Um, I think sex, um, sex is like, you know, how you want to go about that, how you want to be about that, uh, is a good conversation, awkward conversation, liberating conversation, confusing conversation. It's just like a conversation that has a whole bunch of stuff in it. So how, how early do you have that conversation? You don't want to come off as like, you know, whatever, right? I don't even know how to finish that statement. You don't want to come off as whatever. And so those things, like, how do you, how do you maintain who you are, but at the same time, like attract too? Because it is, it is a little bit about that, right? It's like you want to, you kind of want to attract the person, but how do you do that while at the same time really maintaining, uh, like who you are? Because we are in this whole like I ain't trying to get ghosted, I ain't trying to get played, kind of like that. You know what? And I, I, ha- I'm of two minds of this because on one hand, I think that you should be who you are and you will attract who is attracted to who you truly are. Yeah. Like what you want to talk about and how deep you want to go is what you want to do. And who is about it will be about it. Who's not, they're not for you. You're not for each other. But then at the same time, I read this book, the game of desire by Shan Boudram. Um, and she, she talks about the the game essentially mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the game of like not doing not not doing the most like not coming off as right. like not doing too much and not doing super too little. intense yeah, yeah. um i don't know yeah uh, at the, uh, it's funny because i'm despite <laughs> being not religious i'm the type who is like what's for me won't pass me yeah. um and so like if i got too deep and you didn't like that then it didn't work out and that's fine yeah um one thing i did want to say though too is like to offer maybe a little perspective is uh, is about the depth i tell people all the time i like deep conversations that's just what i do i have a hard time with small talk i have a hard time with surface level conversations for the most part but i think what sometimes people but 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 going deep and being vulnerable vulnerable to isn't isn't very very difficult for me mm-hmm. depending on the stuff right there's certain mm-hmm. vulnerabilities that like are really hard yeah um but what other people would deem as vulnerable i don't deem as that vulnerable or that deep and so like i can go deep and then the next day be like okay i mean if you call me you call me if you don't you don't you yeah, know what i mean yeah. um I tell and I, I like I don't feel bad, but I like I go out on these four hour, five hour dates and we will talk and have really good conversation. And I'm just like, I don't need to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. And then like navigating that. Right. Yeah. Like, if someone's just like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Exactly. We got deep. I think exactly. it's good. And then you're just like, nah, I that's just, just what I do. I just what I do. And it's like, <laughs> bitch, you know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we like, talked about your family. Yeah, what we do talked you about mean? four hours, <laughs> man. I got online. I was looking at rings and shit. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, nigga. Uh, it was just like, just, nah. I just like talking. I just like, like talking about the universe and yeah, emotional intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. It's just yeah. what I do. Um, and so you can you can like write that right on a profile. That's true. Someone can read that and be like, all right, that's what it's about. But in that setting, that nuance. But right? like, like it's insane. And then and endorphins then, are released. You're like, oh shit! Like that was an awesome ass time. I want it again. Where you're like, all right, but we don't, we don't have to do that. And again. then, but yeah. and then you're also the person like, how much do I want to put on my profile? How much do I want you to figure out in person? Exactly. You know, like yeah. whatever. Because sh- yeah, there should be some discovery there too. Yeah. And that's exciting and that's fun too. Yeah. But um, anywho, it's a tricky balance. It's a, it is. It's a really this tricky shit is balance. hard. And that's the thing. I have like a, I always got like hella lessons that I'm trying to learn, or like remember. And practice 
And another one of them right now. I also want to throw out there that I made the joke about saying bitch, but like I wouldn't like that. You know, just putting it out there, disclaimer. Justin is um, I speak in very politically uh, correct. No, nah, not politically and correct. I'm just like. He's sensitive I'm to sensitive. hurting. I'm he's sensitive. aware of how his words can impact other people. Exactly. Um, nigga. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shit. What was I about to say? I knew um, I was going to throw you off when I said that, yeah, but you I'm did. a bad. You um, like to learn hella lessons. Oh, thank you. Um, my lesson, one of, one of my many lessons right now is to listen to that little voice inside of me. Um, cause that little voice, um, be knowing that little nigga, she be, she be knowing. Um, that's true. And that's so true. like when something feels right, or something don't doesn't feel right, or like this is worth your time. Like that little voice. If you sit and be quiet and listen to him or her, whoever yeah. them, um, then they can usually steer you in the right path. And that's again, true. like again, we, my little voice is weird. Everybody though, that's not the that's not the little voice. You listen to the wrong voice. That's anxiety. It's a different yeah. voice. Yeah, because yeah. I got that voice too. Um, they be screaming at each other. But I think, too, like, and this is also just, like, me right now is, like, and I think I mentioned this in the last episode, is I'm trying to take some pressure off all this shit. Like, I, and I've always said this, like, I want to f- live a full and whole life um, by myself. Like, unpartnered, essentially. Um, and so, like, that is my goal right now, is to live that life. And, yes, it would be wonderful and amazing to have someone to partner with and to share that with but um i'm also not gonna gonna like hold my shit up waiting for somebody to come along yeah. and i also believe because my leak i mentioned my leak like every episode my leak says this, my leak oh she's a um she's a black woman entrepreneur she founded okay. a company she's also like everyone's business coach in their head um okay. and life coach low-key um but one of the things that she says is oh what's one of the things that she says i'm forgetting already um oh you will find your person building the life that you want like you live your life and that person will find you will find each other while you're living your lives like go but but that's also like leave your house and live your life and i'm and i say that Uh, you know to myself who i'm like i'm living my life but i don't go nowhere i don't do anything i'm not serving the community um like i'm not involved in really any communities like since i've moved to baltimore the past like three years um and so if i'm really living the life that i say that i want like i will be out in the world and more likely to meet and engage with people who correct Correct. and i also heard on a podcast yesterday uh, um the number one way to meet uh, a partner is still through your friends. Number two is is huh. apps. Number one is still through your friends. That's good to know. I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't yeah, have I know, that. right? Yeah, you can't build your life in isolation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I, learned, you have I to, learned that moving to Baltimore. Yeah, you can't build it in isolation. Um, but you can't also, you can't, you're, I, I would argue for myself, like my motivation to not be isolated shouldn't just be to find a partner. It should be the bill. Oh, like yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, 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 totally, totally, totally. Yep. The thing that pulls me out of isolation shouldn't be like this quest for love or something. And you know, like and another thing, <laughs> this dude, the maintenance guy to come uh, do my annual maintenance on my furnace. One of the things that he said is he was like, when you're actively looking for a partner, you become more critical and more judgmental and you can't see, you have a harder time seeing people for who they really are and what they have to offer. Correct. Um, because you're like, eh, no, he has this. I don't, that's not my husband. Yep. Eh, no, yep. eh. And you're Just not swiping. seeing like, you're exactly, Just you're swiping, swiping left on people who could be like really great for you, yep. you know? And if you just go in it, just like looking to be open and cool and to connect with humans, then like, who knows? Who knows? But you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like know that know that I don't know. Oh, know I that I have none of the answers. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to my audience. All right, but <laughs> I know too though. <laughs> um, are we gonna close this out podcast no. like like official too? Like, thank you so much for being here. Oh, we're not okay. there yet. Oh, we got like. 
fucking two more segments. Oh, all right. Let's and that's us trying to move along. So let's let's transition to the next segment, which is asking for a friend. Okay. Um, Man, this is I, so. I shared all my nuggets already. I don't know. No, if I you got, got more, more nuggets in there. Don't even worry. All right. I'm pulling nuggets out. That sounds right. gross. That does uh, sound <laughs> gross. <laughs> so, what is your current dating relationship status? Yeah, it's um, single. It. So this is where, like, I don't know. I, I will tell you a, a space that I'm in my life right now that I think is making dating. I'm either making it more complicated than it has to be, or I'm going about it at the right level. I don't know. This is what I don't know. So I really go back and forth on whether I want kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am th- I'm going to turn 32. And kind of like on these dating apps, the range that I have is from like 28 to like 35. And what I have gleaned from, so I'm on like Bumble and OkCupid, and I was like on Tinder for a bit, is that like, I hope I'm not offending anyone when I say this, but a lot of profiles of ladies on these sites in that age range is like they're traveling. Uh, They're all riding elephants, which is weird. Uh, They're traveling. There's more pictures where they're by themselves, where like when you go younger, there's a lot of group pictures. Uh, They're traveling. They're saying things like, you know, um, I have my own house or like working towards my own house. I'm traveling. Um, about my career. I feel like a stereotype all of a sudden. Yeah, okay. yeah. Here you go. Here you go. Everyone, all the women are just like, this motherfucker. Um, and like, so I, I get a feeling. And because like you said earlier, women have a lot to lose at this age range. Women are very much looking to settle down or they're presenting. They would like to settle down. Like, I don't know if that's actually the case, but they are presenting. They would, that they would like to settle down and potentially find someone to start that process with i felt like when i was in my 20s when i met that young lady in 22 i was moving towards the process of settling down right so asking her to marry me and things like that like i felt like we were on that trajectory now i don't know right i don't know if i'm ready to even be thinking about settling down with someone so i don't want to i don't i don't know i don't want to waste someone's time if that's what they're looking for so to answer your question my current status is like single but i don't want to waste people's time and i don't know how to necessarily go about that given the fact that i literally go back and forth on whether i want kids or not because i'm also looking at my own career and i hope to be a school counselor and i hope to be like a damn good effective school counselor and i don't know if in my own self-care, mental health stability, will I be able to be from 8 o'clock to like 4 o'clock helping young people deal with their stuff and then come home and take care and be present fully to the ability I would like to be to like a child? Mm-hmm. I go back and forth on that. And I don't want to be a parent that induces like issues in a child because I feel like a lot of the issues that I talk with with students are family related parent related so there's this fear and this is where i don't know if it's overreacting or acting enough there's a fear of i if i could be single or meet someone that doesn't want children and be happy with that i think that would be cool i think i would be fine with that you said doesn't want children that doesn't want children i think i would be fine and cool with that forever yeah i think so but at the same time like there's a part of me that's like uh, like leave the door open you might you might meet someone or you might get to a point in your own life. You're just like, like, no, like I feel emotionally, financially, like stable enough to like take on that burden of being a, uh, a father. Got you. And, and the reason why I say all that is because I have a lot of friends who have young children right yeah. now that I went to college with. So they were in that age bracket and I see, and I hear, I've watched their kids. I talk to them. I see and hear the financial struggle that they that they go through and it's real uh and they love their kids and they're good they're good husbands and they're good fathers but i hear that struggle and i'm like if i could make an impact on the world and still take naps and still have <laughs> money to do what i want to do like i that might sound selfish but nah, man. that might 
that might be pretty damn cool too. So, so I go like back balance. and forth, right? It sounds like balance. So I go back and forth. And I do like kids. So I'm going to be a school counselor. So my whole entire day is going to be depending on what grade level, either middle school or high school, is going to be working with kids. So in a sense, that desire to be a stable, healthy force in a young person's life is being met by my professional life. Yeah, right. I think my personal life at this point in time is more about finding someone to build a house with, not necessarily a desire to find someone to have children with. Yeah. Um, that was a lot to your to that question but hope that made no. sense um one thing i was gonna say um in response to what you just said is i just really like taking naps niggas who you telling nah, they're good um, they're great nap so hard there's a there's yeah. a account on instagram that's like it's actually like really act like naps is activism in a way like capitalism encourages you to work Till you can't work anymore, yeah. and naps is like rest is a form of resistance to the system. Ooh, I like that. Right, and I especially like that. for black, it's a, it's like All a black, right. like a, a yeah, black we out here. account. Um, they about to like, go nap. I'm resting right now. for my ancestors. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> Snaps into the mic. Um, but one of the things I was going they to definitely say, could nap. It, exactly, <laughs> is um, I hear. I hear this desire for perfection, um, yeah, for optim yeah, optimalism, there. if that's, that's, not, that's not a word, for the optimal situation. Um, and that's something I struggle with, too. Like, and I think I think I I've always been really fortunate to have like older people around me, like my mom's generation, baby boomer generation. And I hear what they say. And the one thing that I think that is different from millennials than previous generations is we really want the ideal. And and I think our anxiety, it's like this feedback loop where like we're afraid of what's going to happen. And so we want perfection in order to control like the future. But like perfection isn't possible. So that makes you more anxious. And I don't know, maybe it's not a feedback loop, but it's just maybe these two sides of anxiety. But um, but like and there's also this I heard I went to this uh, woman's teleconference whatever and there's this woman called glennon doyle and i've been like obsessed with her since i heard her talk on friday and she talks about like a life like the human experience requires pain like and mm. suffering is an inherent part of this experience and she and she says to revere pain as much as you would revere joy they're equally beautiful elements of our human experience and you can't have one without the other and actually from pain comes enlightenment comes wisdom and comes like the opportunity to learn and to spread freedom um to other people and it's funny because i actually secretly feel like because and I, I'm, it's like almost scary to say this out loud, but because I feel like I haven't experienced a whole lot of hardships in my life. Um, like I didn't learn a lot of lessons. And so like I'm figuring a lot of shit out now, like based, I don't mm -hmm. know if it's basic, but like life shit now because I didn't necessarily have to learn it. I didn't have to confront it because I've always been very risk averse in, in certain regards. Um, but yeah, so, so. To to hear you say that you don't want you don't want to cause your child trauma. I actually was thinking about this. I think millennials were raised in like a protective bubble that we didn't experience pain and hardship, and therefore didn't learn the lessons. Yeah, you know, and so, and that's not that's a form of trauma, you know? Question mark. Um, like little t trauma because my therapist talks about big t trauma and little t trauma. Oh, I've never, um, heard, I've never heard that before. Yeah, there's like trauma where you're like, you have to watch someone die or something like that, or you're you know. But then there's trauma of just like, I got left behind at school and was scared for an hour or whatever. You yeah, know, okay. like various yeah, yeah. forms of trauma. Like yeah. I think I've experienced little t traumas um, that resulted in who I am today and the the quirks I have today. But um. But yeah, I just I I I now have a, a a a different take on avoidance of pain and avoidance of reality, like of life, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so, anywho, uh, that's that's kind of like a side tangent, but like. No, I appreciate those thoughts. I think another element of it is just like the financial piece too. And that's that's real. That's, that's real. real. I think I think where I am the most balanced and not like over anxious or is like when I stop and look at the financial piece. And I think when I was younger, so when I was dating that young lady for three years, living together for two, I was about like my I was being financial savvy. Like I was all about it. You know, I felt really, really like proud of myself and good. And then like I got a little, you know, a little uh, loose with it. Um, and I think that's the other piece of it, too. So where other folks might have been, I wish I would have stayed on the trajectory that I was, where if I was, if I had stayed on that trajectory, I would feel comfortable. Like talking about finances is very vulnerable, like for me. And I feel like that's something that people want to talk about. That's mm-hmm. something women would like to talk about or be secure and knowing like, yo, you good. Um, and I, and I can understand that because once again, like you said, I'm going to, that's going to be in my head for a while. Women have more to lose. Yeah. Women have more to lose and women don't want to put themselves in a situation where they're going to lose more just because they got endorphins running and you got a cute smile and you, you know, you, you, but you know what? Nice. And, I, and I think that's like, I think that's also a very real challenge that professional women and even women who got money, uh, who are making their own living and making a, a have create a good quality of life for themselves is like just statistically like the the number of educated financially not even secure I don't know I don't want to use say financially secure but like savvy yeah well I don't even know but like making a good amount of money <laughs> essentially oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of a certain social economic status there we go um, that's the S word we were looking for <laughs> black man like the pool is pretty small yeah. and so like I think I think women which sucks have been encouraged and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing to date men of different I don't know and I'll say date broke broke dudes uh, but maybe date a dude who doesn't have a degree, you know, but like has a business mm. or like works his ass off. Like the last guy I dated, I, if I I don't know how much he made, but if I had to guess, I probably made almost twice as much as him. Mm. Um, and I know he's like still going through some financial shit. Um, but and like, like we weren't together with very long for it to become an issue, but like. I know what I like and what I want to do. And then I'm going to feel financially responsible. And so I think that's something black women are still learning to navigate. Cause I know I don't have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also don't think you're less of a person or less like you can't be a good partner to me because you make less than me. I just think that you two people need to figure out what that means. What's what important means, to them. Exactly. And like, that's that bill in that house. Like that's exactly that was those conversations you got to have. And then like going back a little bit, like when, like when do you, like when do you have that conversation? What are your non-negotiables? Some people are like, nah, you got to have a college degree. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's your, if that's your non-negotiable, that's your non-negotiable. Right. And that's, 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 that's that you're allowed to have that non-negotiable. You know? Yeah. Um, so what piece of advice would you give actionable advice? Would you give someone in your current dating situation? Uh, I, I like to go back to that whole, um, Live your life and not be isolated. Uh, I think. I think the. The most apparent quote unquote isolation would be like just be in your house and not do anything. But I also think like people get isolated in their work. I think people get isolated like in their families. So. Being like getting out there, there was a there was a point in time in my life. I called it being Justin 2.0 where I did improv, um, and that was awesome, but it caused for a little bit more extroverted energy and a little bit more money than I was willing to put out at the time, but I'm glad I did it. And I actually think, you know, if if, if I go about my health right and go about my life right, that's something I would want to return to, like, at 50 or 60. Like, I know that would be such a great outlet, like, later on in life and it's particularly not a great outlet right now because i have grad school i have work and stuff like that and it just doesn't work but i put myself out there i was doing fencing for a while which is like really funny because i showed up to this class it was a bunch of little kids in there and i was like oh shit uh, <laughs> and it was whooping my ass so i also did um i don't know i did something else too so like putting putting 
and I was meeting people. I was, you know, I was, I was meeting people and, and I enjoyed that. And it wasn't like these people had to become my new best friends or anything like that, but it was putting myself out there in a way that was filling up my spirit, which could potentially open up the avenues for, you know, meeting people and dating people or whatever. So I, I guess my advice going back to that is don't, don't live in isolation. I think with the dating apps, it feels like we're searching when we're not really searching, right? Like you can literally just sit on your couch and shop and that feels like you're putting yourself out there, but it actually reinforces all the, I don't know the protective measures. It 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 just it just makes you feel more isolated. It creates you, more distance. It yeah. creates more. Yeah. It creates or at more, least distance. more psychological distance. Exactly, as you think you are being, as you think you are actively engaging. searching, yeah. engaging, and, yeah. and I and I have to, I have to catch myself on that, um, uh, a lot. So yeah, put put yourself out there. I with that said, I'm I I haven't gone to any you know speed dating events or anything like that. I don't know if that's technically my speed or my style, but yeah. Don't, don't get don't get isolated and I get BYP, isolated in my work. Baltimore Young Professionals, they have happy hours every before. Thursday. Yeah. Every Thursday. I didn't mean to say that. The last Thursday of every month. Um so now we're gonna move into the last and my favorite segment of the show. The do better corner. The do better. I need corner. to come up with like music, like yeah, no, do that's better good. corner. That's good. Music. That can I tell you that phrase do better? Like it's not triggering for me, but I was in a bar and I got drunk and there was this bartender hmm. behind the bar and like we we were talking and like we were flirting and stuff. We exchanged numbers, but I I, I did not regulate my drinking and um a, her one of her friends like approached me and like pissed me off, so I got like upset with her friend and long story short the bartender like texted me do better um and that was yeah it hit it hit hard it hit so hard so when you when you texted that that? uh it was like three years ago four years ago something like that yeah it wasn't last weekend it wasn't last weekend (laughs) so in the do better corner um i asked guests what's the pettiest thing you've ever done in a past dating or relationship situation and this is a safe space, no judgment. So I, it, it might sound small, but I think it's indicative of the areas of growth that I need to have, right? So going back to that relationship, and I hope she's doing well. I hope that that young lady's doing well in her life. Um, I had made it a non-negotiable, so we were living together now, that I was not going to do the dishes. Hmm. So I never did the dishes, hmm. but I took out the trash. Okay. She cooked though. Mm. I never really cooked. I know. <laughs> so she would cook and do the dishes, and I would take the trash out once a week. Looking back at on it, I don't know why she put up with that. And looking back on it, there was no like that was so petty of me to make her have to deal with that and she did it like she i mean she was a better cook if i cooked we'd have been like "Mm." but that was just such a y'all could have went splitsies on the dishes or something we could have went splitsies on the dishes we could have did the dishes together and might that could have been a time where we talked about stuff maybe that would have been the time 22 bro you don't know that no but this is not when i'm 22 this is when i'm living with the only i'm like 25 26 now but Bro, you're 25, 26. That's true. <laughs> but it was those. I, I, I look back you. on I that and you. I was just like, that was. That takes a. That takes a. It's funny because in my mind, people who are thoughtful enough to do that had really, really good examples of thoughtfulness growing up. I don't. Yeah. I don't think everyone's necessarily like ingrained to think in a thoughtful way like that. Yeah. And I think it takes time for a lot of people to get there. I also think that was like very just like immature of me like when you're in a household like you that's what you do like you like especially if the person cook like it's that rule like if you cook i wash and she was cooking all the time so and i and i think i have the reason i say it's small but it's indicative of bigger measures is i would get into like my mindset of this is how it should be and not allow for compromise because i'm like this is my non-negotiable right. and this is how I want to be. Right. And that has led to, to other, 
has shown up in other relationships and stuff like that too. Yeah. So, but that was just that was just petty. Like I like I never. I mean, I might have did them like five times in two years of living together. Mm. And she cooked all the time. I did. I never cooked. I never cooked once. I always ordered food. She was really bad at ordering food. She ordered How pizza. Are you bad at yeah, I'll tell you exactly why. So we we ordered pizza one time. She ordered anchovies on the pizza, and I remember. Did she I, intend to do that? Yes, and I remember looking at her, and I go, "What about me? After two years of knowing you, would say that I want anchovies on this?" She pizza. said, "Nigga, I don't give a fuck about what you want on your pizza. Wash these damn dishes." And then you could get you could get a choice of what toppings come what on this motherfucking pizza. No, what ended up happening is she's like, yeah, I don't know why I got it either. <laughs> this is why you order the food from here on out. <laughs> it was like she was so anxious Ooh, that like she was going to do it wrong. Yeah. That must have been nice. You yeah. had a nice little setup. I, I had a that nice that setup. Was... And I was on the third floor, too. It was like King of the Castle, a little balcony. I looked over the park and everything. Damn, you're good. I gunners. fucked that up. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. So, but we fucked it up. Made. We no. fucked it up. Had it made. You fucked it up a little bit more. You fucked it up a little bit more. I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's um, so that's my petty. Okay. That's real. That's real, right? That's real. That's real. We all have our, and that's the thing. <laughs> we all have a, a place. We all have to start from somewhere, right? We're all where we're at or where we were, and we're trying to get somewhere else, and it's a journey to get there. And so, like, I'm on my journey with it. You're on your journey with it. Everyone's on their journey with it. And so, like, ju- no judgment. You know what I mean? Um, but anyway, that's that's it, my man. Thank you, my man, my man, <laughs> my man. Thank you, thank you for, for having uh, me. Be on the show, and um, I will talk to you later. All right, peace. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships. If you like this episode, please leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcast. Become an official Situationships Boothang by donating to the podcast Patreon page. I'll love you forever. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships podcast community on social media. The pod is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Situationships Pod. If you have a story you want to share on the podcast, email me at situationshipspod at gmail.com. And lastly, to stay up to date on the events, stories, and news for the podcast, sign up at situationshipspodcast.com. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.